In the beginning, there was SNMP with its MIBs and its OIDs, and then there was RRD tool and MRTG and Cacti and graphing our little OID values for us in a symphony of contextless images, and they looked impressive, but they tended not to tell us all that much. Now, network monitoring has evolved and network monitoring tools along with it, and our sponsor today, Pessler, is here to discuss good and bad monitoring practices and just how they've kept up with the times. Joining us from Pessler is Greg Ross, Senior Systems Engineer. Greg, welcome to Packet Pushers. Now, my memory of Pessler goes back some years when PRTG, which is your, your main product there, PRTG, it was a free and kind of a simple SNMP monitoring tool. And to be honest, when you guys popped up on there, I was like, oh, wow, Pessler's still around, huh? So maybe you could start out by saying, what is PRTG today, aside from not MRTG? Because I know people used to confuse that. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, first off, uh, thank you, Ethan and Greg, for bringing us on today. Excited to uh, talk to the uh, uh, listeners on Packet Pushers. It's a great opportunity for us. As a backstory, it's really Pessler's foundation in in Genesis is really kind of a, a neat story and similar to other technology companies where it's kind of done out of a garage. It was a side project of Dirk Pessler for many years where he was just playing around with SNMP monitoring. And PRTG really pays homage to MRTG from back in the day. What started out as just this side project of Dirk's while he was working for another company turned into a shareware after a few years, and they sold their first license in 2003. And since then, it's become a tool used by well over 150,000 admins throughout the world. And we now have over 160 employees from 20 different countries supporting and developing PRTG. Although we are a German-based company, everything's developed in-house, nothing's outsourced. We've always been a private and profitable and independent company. Everything's built there and from our mobile apps to the back-end technology of PRTG. Hang on, you said 160, empl- like 160 employees working on this product? Correct. Okay, wow, <laughs> I had no idea you guys had grown that big. Absolutely. Yeah, and within the U.S., We've grown significantly with the U.S. market being the fastest and largest market for us as well. There's obviously some very established companies within the U.S. market that we come up against. And we have a compelling message, and that's really about focusing 100% of our efforts on PRTG. This is all we do. Our mission and our vision is to help administrators achieve 100% uptime. And really what that means for us is giving them a solution for not only typical notifications, but giving them a solution that provides capacity and provisioning, planning and understanding of historical data, of performance, availability, uptime, all rolled into a single pane of glass for their entire infrastructure. So it's really, although the name is PRTG Network Monitor, it's really, we'd like to talk about it in terms of unified monitoring or infrastructure monitoring, because our solution covers Everything from your printers and desktops up through cloud services and virtual infrastructure, databases, storage, applications, services, websites, and everything that ties into all of those different components, along with what you would expect from a monitoring solution, especially something that is a network monitoring solution in that monitoring the status and performance of network devices and bandwidth monitoring. But again, you guys are not just a network. This isn't just for my routers and my switches. You said infrastructure monitoring and listed off a whole bunch of things. You guys are doing the whole IT stack. Exactly. Yep. We're trying to provide a solution that 
for some customers. Honestly, it's just it's used for network devices, switches, firewalls, routers, etc., bandwidth monitoring, things like that. And other customers use it for server monitoring, application monitoring, their backend storage. And many customers use it for everything. And part of what we're trying to provide is a single solution. Uh, many customers come to us and they say, oh, I've got three and four and five different monitoring solutions. My server guys are using one thing. My network guys are using something else. We've got another solution for website monitoring. And they want to consolidate. At the very least, try to consolidate some of these solutions. PRTG doesn't try to be a one-stop solution for all of your network needs per se with we're, we're not doing config management we're not doing forensic analysis of packets right there's still specialized tools that are going to do specialized things but still as you said you're trying to do some consolidation and again monitoring is really your focus yeah absolutely it's just having a solution that is focused on just real time every 60 seconds 24 7 365 on what matters to you the core infrastructure, and whatever elements of the network are most important to you. If I'm an infrastructure engineer now, and I'm trying to build a monitoring system here, I've got some challenges. I'm used to working in my silo. If I'm the network guy, I'm used to having had my network monitoring system. And as you said, like the, the server guys would sometimes have their own thing, et cetera. How in the world do I consolidate this and, and do it right? I mean, how, how is monitoring done right when you take this unified approach? Well, being hardware agnostic is the first thing, being vendor agnostic. So we're not tied to HP or Dell or Cisco or VMware. We play well with all of them and in many more vendors and manufacturers. But what we provide is an open solution that can be applied using standard monitoring protocols to a variety of technology, services, applications, whatever the case may be in terms of what you need to monitor we allow you to apply the right kind of sensor, and that's a key element within PRTG. But ultimately, we're looking to give you the ability to define specific elements within a device or an application to monitor that so it's not tied to specific hardware or anything like that. Hardware-based solutions or vendor-based solutions are great, but they're typically great at monitoring their stuff. And what ends up happening is you have an HP solution or a Dell solution or a Cisco solution or a VMware solution to monitor those specific components. What we're trying to provide is, is a single solution, single pane of glass. You're not going to four or five different places to find your uptime, your performance, your availability, your consumption and capacity for the future. So then it, now I'm a, a Pestler customer. I've got PRTG. I'm looking at my infrastructure stack as a whole Give me like monitoring 101. What's the best approach to, to think about this stack now that I'm not siloed anymore? I'm really looking at infrastructure altogether as one system. Yeah, it's, a, it's important to start with your core components. So looking at the core switches, your underlying hardware to your virtual environment, the health of that hardware. So the server hardware, the storage hardware, the network devices. So in that means understanding health, temperatures, voltage levels power supplies, fans, CPU and memory on all of those underlying devices. Because it's one thing to know bandwidth and traffic, or on a server, you may, yeah, it's great to know CPU and memory and disk free space. But if the underlying hardware isn't healthy, if, the, if a disk drive goes, if a DIM module fails, 
you got to know about those things and even better yet, know about them before they break. So having a monitoring solution that is giving you metrics on a consistent basis, it's pulling those devices and it's ingesting data that would be relevant for understanding the status and health of that device. So starting from that framework, getting your core infrastructure, knowing the health of those devices, and then building upon that with focusing on things like the hypervisor, whether you're running in a Hyper-V or Citrix or a VMware environment. And then on top of that is would really be more the, the application or an operating system level. So looking at specific services, applications, maybe you want to monitor your exchange servers or monitor SQL servers or monitor SharePoint or your Apache web server, whatever the case may be with across a Linux or a Windows environment, you're going to want to be pulling in those metrics after you've done the core infrastructure monitoring with knowing the, the backplane and the traffic that's taking place between, between those switches, monitoring uplinks and trunk ports, as well as bringing in the overall health of those devices and ingesting syslogs and traps from your firewalls or your switches, your routers. Really, you're, you're promoting a layered approach here. You've got to start foundationally. You need to know that the infrastructure you're using to deliver services is working well. So that's why you get into environmentals, temperature and voltage and all that boring stuff. But as soon as it goes out of whack, you want to know. So you start with that. Make sure the, the hardware that's going to be delivering your services is working right. Then you work up from there. Okay, so now what's running on this? When you said hypervisors, Hyper-V, VMware. So actually, I take it you can get, get some details for me about my VMware environment, you know, what's going on in that hypervisor? Certainly. And, and I would just take one more step back about environmental monitoring. I didn't really touch upon that. In that you want to know the, the temperature in your data center, for example. You want to know even the switch closets. If the AC goes in your switch closets or data centers, do you have the metrics on temperatures, humidity, noise, air quality, CO2 levels? Those kind of metrics are critical to your core infrastructure as well, obviously. If well, they're predictors of problems. If those things go out of whack, then you know trouble's coming down the road. And it gives you, if you're not monitoring them, you don't know until it's probably too late. You know, bad things are happening. But if you are monitoring them, then you can know ahead of time, oh, crap, something bad's going on. I got to get in there and deal with it. Right. And then building upon that with within a, a VMware environment, for example, we would be looking at the host performance and the individual virtual machines from the standpoint of a vCenter. Uh, as well as the individual data stores and looking at consumption and performance and, and capacity planning, both in terms of how that backend storage is performing, how the hardware is presenting itself to the individual hosts within your virtual infrastructure, and the overall consumption of those hosts, and how you know you may need to look at what kind of LUN is a given host running off of, right? And, and where your VMs allocated from a storage perspective and do you need to assign another virtual processor do you need to assign more memory to these individual vms so breaking it down on a virtual on the virtual side for host performance the individual vm performance and the data store those are all critical to an overall understanding and of your of your virtual infrastructure you can always Mm -hmm. get this information from the vsphere console or from logging into a device but you can't always get it in a way that you can use it, like that your brain can process it. Certainly. And with that, again, you're, you're looking at another window, 
right? Mm. It's not to say that you're not going to be going to your vSphere console, but yeah. in the notifications and, and thresholds and dependencies that you can put in place within a monitoring solution like PRTG is really what gives a monitoring solution much more value than having just another window to look at, okay, you got to drill down, right? Yeah. And it's always three steps away. I guess, you know, my point is that quite often you can say, well, I can just go into vSphere and get this data. I can look at it, or maybe even there's some simplistic charting capabilities inside of the management platform that you're using. But often tools like Pacelayer are actually present it to you in a way that's actually just useful. And in the crush of the day-to-day at work, like your brain's being bombarded with telephone calls and people standing at your desk and going to meetings or, you know, responding to operational issues, you don't really have time to go and log into a billion devices to collect the data. Certainly. That to me is one of the key things is that the second part about this is the ability to correlate vSphere against the network. So because the further you extend your monitoring tool chain, so this, you know, this platforms like that Paceler and PRTG has, you can start to see patterns emerging. You know, you can click from the graph of vSphere and then go to the networking one. You can see, oh, traffic spike here accompanied with CPU spike. So now you can probably correlate that the traffic spike is related to something happening on the server, those types of events. Yeah, within PRTG, we have the ability to identify similar sensors. For example, you had uh, articulated with a CPU spike on on a given VM, or well, we could take it back a step. And if we're monitoring all of the virtual processors on that host, we can identify maybe if one of those processors are has an affinity to a specific VM, and that may be indicative of a problem within that hardware. Or it may be just much more simple with identifying a similar sensor that a spike on your backend storage is related to a database query, or there's an application that's creating high CPU usage or an ongoing memory usage. Yeah, because some sort of transition or some sort of spike. Exactly. Yeah, you can't see those things if you're just clicking around from screen to screen or if you do a yeah, show gotta, interface. Yeah. You've got to have a system that, that gives you that, that back-end analysis of, of everything going on in your environment and can point out to you, hey, this, this relates to this. This is spiking at the same level and at the same time as this other device or element. So what are the mistakes that people make when creating a monitoring system? I mean, is there kind of trends you see, things that kind of dumb things that people do that they shouldn't be doing? Yeah, some of the things that we come across, and this isn't necessarily unique to PRTG or, or anything else per se, but the idea of data addiction, what I mean by that is you can have so many notifications that it becomes overwhelming. It makes you complacent. You, know, you think about some of the breaches that have occurred. They actually had the data available to them about the breach or about a given issue that was causing the breach. But there were so many notifications flooding the inbox that they got ignored. You can't pick the signal out from the noise. Yeah, I know exactly which. I've been in this exact situation. So you you kind of look at the alerts that flow in, and you know there's a normal number of you know alerts that's like, yeah, I can ignore those because they don't have any actual meaning to my life. They're interesting. One of these days when I got nothing better to do, maybe I'll investigate why I have this OSPF flap at this time of day. Uh, every day, but it always, no one ever seems to complain about it. So I'm going to let it go. Oh, I have out discards on this interface. Hmm. It's a nice scuzzy interface that probably matters, but no one's whining at me about performance in the storage array. So eh, whatever. 
and uh, and then right, a real problem comes along, and you're you're and they just kind of get masked by all the other stuff that you're so used to seeing. You just don't pay much attention to the alerts. Right. We kind of break it down with active versus passive notifications. And active notifications are those things that you absolutely need now. Something is down. Something's broken. You have to resolve this problem now. The problem is the passive notifications that are, hey, CPU usage is high. Memory usage is high. It could be indicative of a problem, but it's not necessarily, there's a number of scenarios where it's just, it's not something you can do about right now. It's not a it's, it's not a priority. It's not an immediate fix. And having the ability to sort those out, whether it be thresholds, summarizing, or just applying a more judicious monitoring philosophy of looking at the things that actually matter. Just because something broke last week doesn't mean you need to now hang a sensor on it. It doesn't mean you now need to start monitoring that. I mean, if it, if, if a component or something was fixed in the code, it no longer should be a problem. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you need to start monitoring that in case it happens five years from now. That's another thing to keep in mind is being a little bit more strategic in how you apply monitoring or, or in our case, how you apply sensors. Again, PRTG is built around the idea of sensors and that could be CPU, memory, disk free space, ping, traffic, etc., but there's scenarios in which it may not make sense to monitor everything and apply every sensor that you possibly could to a server. There's a couple of things here, though, because there's data you're polling or you're going after, as you put it, with with sensors. And then there's also notifications that are flooding into a system, you know, things that are pushed up to the network monitoring system. And then you need to kind of filter those alerts. So is is there a recommended strategy for filtering those inbounds when uh, – or do you actually say, you know, go to the device and just be a little more cautious about what you actually push into the system? When we approach monitoring, we typically break it down into three different categories. There's polling, there's listening, and there's consuming. I think that we typically think about monitoring in terms of polling. We're querying the device. We're using SNMP or WMI or we're running some kind of PowerShell script or uh, doing a WBEM or some kind of web-based protocol uh, to query that device or that application, that service. And then this, the second level there would be listening. And that falls into the category of receiving SNMP traps, receiving syslog messages, uh, receiving flows for for bandwidth monitoring, uh, whether it be IP fix, NetFlow, JFlow, SFlow, packet sniffing, all of that kind of falls under the category of flows. And then the third component, which is kind of more of a, allows for a little bit more creativity in a sense, is the idea of consuming the service. Don't just query the device to tell me if export is responding or the web page is up, let's say, but actually use the service. Go eight or 10 URLs deep into that website. Make sure that the web shop, but you can log in, you can perform a transaction, query that database, actually run a dumb query to see if you're getting tables back and, and parse that table up. Do things like log into an email box, have a sensor, have a monitoring component, look at a mailbox, look for messages, count the messages. So it's actually, it's actually using the service as opposed to, hey, is the exchange data stores on, online or the mail stores online are... Um, is SNMT, SMTP responding or is POP3 responding or uh, wh- yeah, whatever. So, but you're polling applications, not just pinging something. So 
the mistake a lot of people make is they say my only tools are ping and traceroute in the network. But in fact, what you can actually do is telnet or do what you know a lot of people do, which is telnet to the mail server port to see if the server's responding and to see what you get. So application monitoring is much more useful than just ping and traceroute. Certainly, and you know a lot of com- a lot of customers just want to do up down. Like I'll just hang ping on everything and maybe I'll look at something else later on. Yeah. Obviously, we would say they're 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 missing out on on quite a bit. Uh, obviously, you're not you're not getting any kind of you're getting very little in the way of performance and capacity mm-hmm. and provisioning. And kind of building upon that would be with polling, we have the ability to you know run scripts to pull in XML and, and JSON data via the API as well. That kind of goes into the idea of customization. Any monitoring solution should have the ability to be customized at really any given point. So it may be the ability to use scripts, Python scripts, or PowerShell, or VB, VB scripts, any, any number of kind of scripts to tie into those devices, those, those services, and pull back data. Yeah. Um, and we have an open API for that uh, to build your own custom sensors. You can build custom SNMP sensors, build right. custom sensors with the API using scripts. It sounds like this notion of a sensor is really a way to normalize data that you've got coming into the system. If everything comes into a sensor, then uh, you can process whatever sort of data there is and then present it to the central PRTG system in a, in a normalized way. Correct. We, we can take that data, however it's presented, XML, JSON, or whatever, whatever predefined channels there are, and, and push those into specific channels. Again, going back to the customization option where you can define the channels that make the most sense for you. You can define channels within an application or service that present that data um, in a sensible fashion and then take it the next step and build thresholds and develop notifications with an escalation strategy. And and that's one thing that is important when you think about monitoring is is what's your escalation strategy? Uh, You look at the console, you may see something going on that you're concerned about. Uh, that's that's kind of like low level. That'd be a, a, a low level uh, response or or inquiry. And then email, yeah, email's good, but often email can be ignored. And <laughs> just <laughs> many customers tell us like, yeah, we have like uh, an Outlook rule to just filter those into another folder. So it basically does them no good. And then the third thing, the most important probably aspect of the escalation is getting an SMS, getting a page, getting a push notification. So something pops up on their phone as opposed to just ignoring the email again. All right. So how do I, how do I use that escalation system to help me uh, correlate this data so that I know something's happening before I need to know? In other words, yeah, I want to know when something is, is down, you know, red light. But I want to know the events leading up to that if, if I have that. Is there, a, is there a way I can use PRG to kind of be predictive as opposed to, hey, things are busted? Certainly. That has to do with probably best practices in setting those thresholds around best practices. Whether that's a specific SQL application or exchange or a good case in point would be, and, and this is kind of a funny example, customer's CEO. They established a threshold on the number of messages in his inbox and a threshold on the total number of messages uh, in his mailbox. So once it hit around twenty-five to 30,000 messages and this running Outlook 2010 a few years ago, 
the mailbox would crash. Or if the total message count in the whole mailbox hit 700,000, 800,000 messages, the mailbox would crash. So to be, to be predictive or to be uh, proactive, I should say, they would just set thresholds for that and say, hey, boss, we got to run an archive this weekend. Otherwise, your mailbox is going to crap out next week. <laughs> if I'm listening to you, I'm like, yeah, let it crap out. That's good. That's good for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get your point. Um, you can. Do, so is that? Um, so so the big idea there is you can set thresholds anywhere you want, and then set actions based on those thresholds. Notification actions based on those thresholds, and you support all the. It sounds like all the the normal stuff. You know, email, yes, of course, but we all ignore that, and so I can escalate to pager, SMS messages, etc. No, are there gateways that are? built into the system for me? Am I having to supply my own gateways to make that happen? Yeah, you, you would supply your own gateways on the SMS ends, either either a soft gateway or a modem hardware-based gateway, something like an SMS Eagle or another device with its own dedicated uh, data connection. The nice thing there is that if the network fails, you always have communication going out in the form of SMS. Uh, the push notifications work in conjunction with the mobile app. Uh, so we've got great mobile apps for the iOS, mm. Android, Windows Phone, so you can not only see your entire device tree, so all of your devices, all your <laughs> sensors, libraries, reports, maps, etc. You can. I'm you not can entirely sure that's a feature or if that's a bug. <laughs> 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 the idea, the idea of getting alert <laughs> on an app on my iPhone. One part of me goes, "Oh, that's great! I can get them wherever I am." The other part of me goes, "Like, I'm going to get alerts all the time." <laughs> well, that, well, that's, no where, that's where you your know. that's where your escalation tree comes into comes into play there where yeah. you got to be careful with how you uh, use those kinds of you know in that case a push notification yeah do you want yeah. do you want a push notification for every warning probably not do you want that could be dangerous for your product <laughs> if i get too many alerts from your product i'm really gonna hate you <laughs> well but then, but then you can and, i'm assuming you could set up things in your escalation tree like you know don't notify me about a bgp adjacency that's down unless uh, there's no up notification within five minutes, you know, something like like a matching kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. So it would have to be down for, let's say, a minute or five minutes, right? So it's not going to be an immediate thing. And and if it does clear, you can have it send in all clear as well. Uh, I, I think it's funny you mentioned the, the notifications. I mean, a customer said, said this to me recently that it's, it's a love-hate thing uh, with yeah. PR2G. They love it. But they hate it because every time it notifies them, they know there's something wrong. But without it, they would be up a creek without a paddle. So having have, having those notifications are a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, I just I just <laughs> casting my mind back to some days when you know you used to sit there and I, I, in the days of pages and my watch my pager go off for thirty minutes solid before I just took the battery out. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, yes. like that. <laughs> we've all had that experience absolutely yes oh. and what did i blame did i blame the network or did i blame myself for configuring it wrong or did i blame the product just a thought just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about scale how many you know, nodes can i handle with this system do i have to have like multiple polling engines is there a sequel on the back end that i'm going to be choking to death with database transactions uh, and search queries how, how does this how do i think about this when it comes to scaling it up that's a, a common discussion we have with with customers really of all sizes because we've we've built the product to run comfortably in a virtual environment and there's some scenarios when you have a really large environment where you may need to 
set up a physical server. Uh, but with PRTG, really, there's there's a number of factors to consider with with scaling. Again, I think this is probably a a common discussion with most monitoring solutions. What are you using for the sensor types? In, in other words, what are you querying, or and what are you consuming or, or listening for? Uh, because SNMP is just a UDP packet out and UDP pack, UDP packet in. Very simple. Mm. A WMI mm. query takes 20 seconds or upwards of 20 seconds to make that connection. It's hitting the API. It's getting authentication tokens. It's it's requesting access key and it's hitting the API again and it's closing it out. It's six or seven step process. So the WMI, just by example, is has a much higher overhead. The nice thing is, even still with Windows today, and of course Linux and Mac, you can you can monitor the operating system with SNMP, and they have even an SNMP gateway with Windows that you can you can turn on as well as a as a secondary option. All that to say, the sensor mix, as we like to call it, is an important consideration. As much as you can use SNMP, it will allow you to scale the product significantly. Uh, the other component that you raised was the idea of remote monitoring. So with PRTG, you can do distributed monitoring globally. We like to talk about the fact that PRTG can run comfortably in the cloud, uh, deploy it to Azure, any, any Amazon, whatever your public cloud of choice is, and deploy remote probes globally if, if you need to your other data centers, branch offices. And better yet, enable a clustering solution. So you have a clustered uh, high availability solution in place for your monitoring using an on-premise installation with a cloud-based installation. But it's still all one system, right? So, I mean, if I set up, I, I can put stuff up in the cloud. You know, po- It sounds like a, a polling engine, a remote polling engine, effectively. Put that in the cloud that's close to something or just logically makes sense for me to put there. All the data that it gathers is going to get rolled up into the central, uh, what would it be, the, uh, the the analytics engine, all the stats head up there, and then I can, and that's where the alerting and so on happens? Absolutely, yeah. So we call that the core server. So in that standpoint, you can put the core server in the cloud and deploy remote probes to to existing servers or uh, depending upon the, the office, it could just be like a, a mini PC for, for that matter, uh, to pull those devices and applications and services in that location and roll that up securely to the cloud, to the core server running from there. From that standpoint, that allows PRTG to uh, scale much further with the use of remote probes because that takes all the polling work off of the core server and puts that on your remote probes. Uh, the nice thing with all of this, with with clustering and the use of distributed monitoring, remote probes, and, and everything we're talking about is our our licensing includes all that. So if if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to need X, Y, and Z to do all this, well, from a licensing perspective, we're, we include everything. Uh, there's no there's no add-ons or, or, or features from that perspective. You're saying I can run as many remote probes as I want, and uh, I, that's not a license consideration. Uh, theoretically speaking, yes. So there's no there's no hard cap on remote probes. There is a potential performance limitation at at some point, and there's there's ways of of even getting creative with that. But all that to say, no, there's no there's no hard cap. What can because they're all SSL connections back to the core server. There can be a performance consideration with the amount of SSL traffic uh, going back to the core server. So, so what's the back end of this thing? Uh, is it SQL? Do I have to go hat in hand to my SQL enterprise administrator and and humbly ask for a big old database? 
No, the, the good news is we have our own proprietary built-in database. And the reason we did that, we, we left SQL years ago, I believe it was 2007, 2008, where we built our own database because for a number of reasons. The performance with SQL, because it's a transactional database, is just not adequate for a monitoring solution. What ends up happening is you've got to dedicate really a, a high-performance SQL server to keep up with a large monitoring environment. And with PRTG, you don't have to worry about installing or setting up SQL or managing that or licensing that. And the benefit is, is speed and performance from a monitoring perspective as well as the fact that we give you historical data for as long as you want to store it. Like not, not rolled up. Is that what that implies? Not so, Yeah, correct. Not summarized or averaged uh, over time. You have the raw data accessible to you. And by default, we give it to you for a year. Mm-hmm. But if you want to push that out to two years, three years, four years, it's really up to you. So you can, you can run reports and look at individual devices or applications and how they performed years ago. That really sets us apart as far as a monitoring solution goes, because with the SQL solution, you have to do that. The, the storage just becomes, the, the database becomes unmanageable at, at some mm. point. Yeah. You have to, well, either that or you have to pr- provide an infinite amount of storage, which in most enterprises is impractical today because cost of storage is still high. Right. Whereas with PRTG's database, it's it's very minimal. It's you know, five five k per sensor per day. I mean, typically a, a terabyte of storage would get you one to two years worth of monitoring data in an average environment. And rather than being a SQL database, it's just flat files. It's writing on mm-hmm. a flat flat file per sensor mm-hmm. per day. Uh, that makes it easy for backups and, and migrating data as well, because it's just a basic folder structure that can be uh, mm-hmm. moved around. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, what about recovering? So if my um, application goes, let's say my something happens to the server that my Paceler is installed on, how do I um, handle that? Is there some way recovering from that? Is it pretty straightforward, just restore the database and things, or is it something confusing? <laughs> Yeah, it's fairly straightforward. Now, if you're not set up in a clustered uh, implementation for high availability, we do we do give that to you out of the box. Uh, you can set okay. up a second instance of PRTG to, mm-hmm. again, you could run that wherever, run it in the cloud, run it on-premise. It's really up to you. So out, outside of that, uh, there would be, there's just a couple folders, two or three folders that have to be backed up and, and restored. Um, in order to get back up and running. So those would be the config files and the database, of course. So not too difficult to get back. So how do I deal with you know, more modern kind of stuff that I might want to monitor? What I mean by that is we've been talking about infrastructure, kind of traditional infrastructure, just about everybody listening to this show is going to be familiar with. Network devices and servers and uh, even virtualization environments like VMware and so on. But what if, like we talked about, I can host uh, PRTG instances in the public cloud if I want to. It, can I monitor like my AWS instances, that kind of thing? What if I'm getting into Docker, I'm running containers? Are there any special monitoring I can do with PRTG there? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, seven dedicated sensors for AWS. And, and what's going on with that is we're actually using the AWS CloudWatch API what we're able to do is span multiple accounts within uh, CloudWatch. So if you have multiple instances of of AWS, uh, you can create an account that has low-level permissions, you know, to help 
uh, keep that installation secure and tie into all of your AWS instances and and pull them into PRTG for monitoring purposes. So we're mm-hmm. we're making those API calls to uh, EC2 and, and RDS and Elasticash and um, all some of the main components of AWS. Now the benefit there is with PRTG you have dependencies. So if one element of a device, uh, whether it be an EC2 instance or maybe it's an RDS instance or an SNS instance, whatever the case may be, where we're able to create notifications based upon those dependencies and pause sensors as a result of one dependency going down, right? Where the rest of those sensors, those elements within AWS go into a pause state. So that that's something that you're not going to have within, within CloudWatch. And the power of having on top of the idea of a single solution, right? Where you're, you're seeing, you're seeing your virtual environment, you're seeing your cloud environment, you're seeing your on-premise infrastructure all within one pane of glass. The ability to use those API calls to spin up new instances. So within PRTG, you could have a notification. So notifications could be much more than just email me, text me, send me a push notification, but actually do remediation and do something to fix the problem. Um, it, in the case of Amazon, that may be, all right, my EC2 instance is, is, is crapping out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill that off and I'm going to spin up a new instance. So that's really just a matter of putting that API call from AWS and putting that into that notification option within PRTG. So you could have that with an, an SSS, SNS notification Maybe your SNS instance is failing. Run the API call to spin up a new instance. You do the same thing with RDS or ElastiCloud load balancer. Maybe the load balancer within AWS is is failing. It's generating HTTP 500 errors. Maybe there you set a threshold for all right. If it hits five uh, HTTP 500 errors, or maybe it hits ten or twenty, whatever the threshold is for you in your environment, depending upon how large that the number of load balancers you have could be a threshold for, again, running that API to spin up a new load balancer instance. I mean, yeah, you've, you've more than answered the question. It's not just like, uh, yeah, we can monitor stuff in the cloud. It's like, yes, we know AWS well and its interfaces well, and here's a lot of specific components that we understand and that you can monitor. So, <laughs> yes, you, it, it does a lot more than I was assuming. Yeah, and in building upon that, we're working on uh, Azure sensors right now. I would expect those out relatively soon. I'd probably get in trouble with the developers on that, but those are in the works. We're using, again, the same idea of, of, of using the API uh, with Azure and being able to, to monitor those specific instances within Azure and, and respond accordingly. So as things fail or underperform, being able to respond in time and, and with the idea of having dependencies and, and grouping things, is really nice within a, a single monitoring solution. Now, this is all on top of monitoring virtual infrastructure, whether you have Hyper-V, VMware, of course, uh, Citrix Zen server, and, and Docker containers, as you mentioned. So monitoring the status, the health, the CPU and memory consumption of individual Docker containers. Uh, we, can have, we can have sensors assigned to those for, for monitoring those. 
What about IoT stuff? Because uh, you've been saying sensors in the context of PRD and how you define sensors, something that is uh, performing the act of, of sensing. But then when you talk about IoT, you've got all these other sensors they mean in a more literal way uh, that are out there in the world. Is that interesting to uh, to PRTG? I think it's right up it's right up our alley in terms of users and, and companies taking PRTG and, and applying it to the different devices that they're playing with. Uh, we, we like to talk about some kind of interesting, humorous examples, such as uh, we have a prawn farmer, for example, that uses PRTG with his sensors that monitor the salinity of the water and the temperature of the water in his prawn farm. We've got a guy that's using it for his chicken coops to monitor the temperature using a PowerShell script and, and outputting the XML to PRTG to monitor the status of his chicken coops. Uh, and that... And that that can be that can be extrapolated out to any number of scenarios. You know, hospitals are using it to monitor blood banks for temperature and I'm dishwashers. Just at the idea of monitoring chickens—it's <laughs> <laughs> always been possible. It's just not been something people have historically done. But yes, everything needs to be monitored, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And in this, and this also gets into smart manufacturing. So anything that's whether it's controllers or server uh, servos or maybe it's door security or uh, hvac machines things like that that are now plugged into the network i guess the mm-hmm. thing that you're saying there is that you're seeing snmp come out in a lot more places than it's ever been before it, so in the old days SCADA systems were SCADA systems and snmp was just switches and now what we've seen is this growth of snmp to include virtualization and windows servers and linux servers and now some of the devices that are actually used in manufacturing and data centers and sensors and things as well. Definitely. And it, it's extended to the development of the Raspberry Pi and, and similar devices where you can attach your own sensors to the Raspberry Pi. And we have a, a Python mini probe that will actually run, kind of building upon that that probe concept I mentioned before. You could run a, uh, our Python mini probe on top of a Raspberry Pi to tie in temperature sensors and light sensors and and have it have it respond uh, with again with with API calls to maybe turn on a light, generate an audible alert, um, you know, turn on some something something visual within the data center to say, hey, there's there's a problem here. In any number was, of scenarios. We, could, yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, we were at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and one of the big things that investors are now looking for is this ability to use software to change something in the physical world or something like using software to drive robotics or to drive change in the physical work. So if you see something wrong, then turn a light on. Or if the data center is too hot, turn on the cooling or, you know, that sort of stuff. That's the next generation of network monitoring in a sense is that that ability to drive something else. Yeah, and I think we're definitely there now with with an open system like like we have with, you know, being able to take take metrics, take data, from one system or, or service and apply that to another open service using using API calls or, or, or scripts, whatever the whatever's required in order to initiate a response from that device. Uh, maybe it is just turning on a light or generating mm-hmm. an alert or initiating a machine to do something yeah. um, like a robot. You know, rebooting a server if it popping the power socket and then generating an alert. You know, if you've got a power bar, a remote power bar. Right. And and that's say that's kind of 
foundational again monitoring monitoring power coming into the racks monitoring mm. the, the the battery levels the power distribution units and being able to uh, respond perhaps with with graceful shutdowns or or at least with understanding of what's going on with with that particular PDU or mm, or, mm, or the or the yeah. UPS for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to use that as an example to you know, if this happens, then do that. After that, let me know. Don't let me know first. Sometimes is kind of where you want to be. Right, the remediation idea. Instead of sending me an email, actually try to fix it. Yeah, that gets yeah. into our you know execute program. So anything that could be done with uh, a script or an API call could be initiated from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg Ross from uh, Pessler, I think we've we got a pretty good introduction to PRTG, and I got to say it is not what I thought it was. I'm embarrassed to have admit that I lost track of the product over the years. And then at the beginning, you're telling me we got 160 employees and we've been building all of this. I was like, oh, you mean it's not just the freebie thing that I used to download and you know you can have a little fun with it. Now it's like a full-blown, very serious tool, et cetera. So, okay, if I want to give PRTG a try, how do I do that? Yeah, well, I, first off, um, we do we do have a free 100-sensor freeware. We actually used to sell 100 sensors, but we decided it's better just to give it away, let people try it, and use it. Even if you don't buy it, you still have 100 sensors. You could monitor 10 or 20 devices. At the very least, install it at your house and monitor your home network, uh, see what you can get out of it. Uh, I know the Packet Pushers listeners probably have enough equipment at home to get creative and, and have... Uh, a little bit of fun with PRTG and just just monitoring their their home network equipment. But furthermore, we have uh, we have an opportunity for the packet pushers listeners to get a free network consultation if they install the trial. Uh, so we have an unlimited free trial for 30 days, and and after that 30 days, that trial goes down to 100 free sensors, the same as our as our freeware. Again, that's a feature complete trial, and even our 100 sensor freeware is feature complete in that everything we've talked about from Amazon, uh, AWS cloud monitoring to, you know, your virtual infrastructure, servers, hardware, switches, et cetera, remote probes, all those features and functionality are included with even our hundred sensor freeware. It's not crippleware. You get the whole deal. You get the whole deal. Absolutely. Have a blast and and use it to, to the extent of a hundred sensors. And really that's just a limit on the number of devices. And along with that, so we have, um, if you go to Pessler.com, you'll find our unlimited free trial. And we have a Packet Pushers network consultation sign up. So that's at Pessler.com slash campaign slash Packet Pushers. We're also going to be giving away free t-shirts if you sign up for that. Um, So you can find us on at Pessler AG on Twitter and as well as Facebook and the other social media uh, handles out there. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to us during the trial. Love to have the opportunity to work with anyone, either myself or another engineer, on the network consultation. What about you personally, Greg? Are you a a social human? Can folks follow you on Twitter? Uh, They can, but I have to admit that it would be it would be a little boring at this point, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> not everybody's into it. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very active in the social media space, but I'm. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, fair enough, and that wraps up our show today. I mean, our thanks to Pessler for sponsoring Packet Pushers, and to you for listening. And once again, if you're interested in 
working with Pestler, free network consultation, free t-shirt. Just head up to Pestler.com slash campaign slash packet pushers. Pestler, P-A-E-S-S-L-E-R, Pestler.com slash campaign slash packet pushers. And you can find this and many more fine free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. Follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. You can find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, rate us on iTunes. And then last but not least, remember that too much technology would never be enough.